Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to hear is a very honest, sincere, genuine, and surprisingly unprepared conversation. Myself and Adam get into a couple topics, and we certainly do our best to uh, respect all parties involved. If you can't respect that, maybe it's not the episode for you, but if you have genuine feedback for us, well, we give out the information within the show for the sake of transparency. I did pull one thing out of here. And the thing that I pulled out of here was a note from a listener that was really kind of a, a goofy note that was meant to be a bit of a joke. But you know, based on some of the topics we touch on, I didn't want to even put something else in the mix to make it more complicated. So I pulled that out and you'll hear where I'll, I'll tell you where that happens. All right. I don't want to make this a habit either. So enjoy the show. It's a full Mosby. We're in full Mosby. All right, you want to do five? Well, let's do it. Scout down. All right, five, four, three, three two, two, one. Well, that felt really off. That was maybe I was going too fast. I don't know. I was going to say I thought that was the be- was too fast. That was the best we've done in, in probably about ten episodes. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow, that bar is low. Welcome to episode 21 of the Mosby Learning Countdown. Uh, this, guys, I'm back in the captain's chair here. I'm back at the helm. I I got all the right headgear on for this job, and we're going to see if it's like riding a horse. You just come back to it, and, and, uh, and everything is just like you remember. It may sound like I've been uh, thrown from a horse right now. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. It's just my voice that's pretty screwy, which is really nice for something that's exclusively an audio format. Yeah, you have. Like so, you really... sound like you've been smoking cigars and drinking whiskey for the last two weeks. I've been doing it the wrong way. I've been drinking cigars and smoking whiskey. I think that's the problem. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, anyhow, yeah, I'm Dan. I'm calling from uh, Mississauga, Ontario. <laughs> sure, and I'm Adam, calling from Dallas, Texas. Hey, and that's it. This is this is like this is core Mosby right here. We're we're kind of getting back to our roots. We uh, we gave everybody the week off. Uh, I had the week off last week, and um, I just spent it getting sick. And tonight I spent it being sick and putting together Swedish furniture. So I I feel terrific, and I'm frustrated to beat the band. But uh, <laughs> IKEA furniture. It was yeah, an IKEA. Man. Oh my gosh! It's, I... it's been one. Of, it's been a three day adventure because we got it on the weekend, I think, and then <laughs> then we've staged things, and it's like, well, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? So just slowly we've been chipping away at this thing, but we. Uh, we made some headway. Actually, we got it done tonight, so we're in good shape. Congratulations. Yeah, we have some uh, IKEA furniture that has lasted, and, and my wife keeps telling me, we got to get rid of this stuff. We've had it for 10 years. And she's like, it's it's on its last leg. And I'm like, no, it's just it's staying around forever. It just Still keeps works. going with us. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a beanbag doesn't get less of a beanbag. It's still it's a beanbag. Still a beanbag. That's right. That's right. Hey, just a quick PSA for uh, for folks out there that work in an office setting. If you use the last uh, coffee thing, the last coffee single, and you just leave an empty box there, you're an asshole. That's just that's just a quick PSA in case you didn't know. If you do that, you're 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 not you're not a great. You could be a better person, I guess. I shouldn't use such strong that you could be a better person is what I should have said to begin with. Yes, and, um, and, and I want to double down on that real quick because we are, oh. you know, we are green at our company. We've gotten rid of a lot of the, you know, the K-cups because, you know, plastic and everything like that. Uh, if you're the last person who 
drinks out of the coffee pot without starting a new same one. Same story. Yeah. Same story. That's even worse, though, right? Right. If you if you just you get go the K cup, hell. that's what yeah, I say. Yeah, you get the K cup. You can just go in the box, get a new K cup. If you got to brew right. one of those big old pots, you're a five minute. I mean, it's an entire it's an entire production when you could anyways, just fill it up and send it out. Five minutes, anyways, and then and then you're standing there like a goofball. Yeah. Just waiting for people and then you're all standing there like a bunch of goofballs nobody wants to talk about stuff no it's horrible uh, and, and, and it could have been solved right there that guy could have just popped in a little bit of coffee popped it in five minutes it would, he would have been gone and there would have been coffee gone. already brewed he's gone ready yes. for the next person pay it forward there you go yeah. All right. Pay it forward. If you want to pay us a message, if you want to send us a little note, mosbylearning at gmail.com. Adam, you eat like a hawk, ladies and gentlemen, like a absolute hawk. He watches this thing. And uh, like I said, we're going to probably have like a little ticker tape parade when we get an email coming. I did get a message <laughs> through an alternative channel. Uh, which I'm going to read in just a moment. So we'll open up the mailbag in a second. But uh, show notes for this are going to be at mosby.ca slash 021. And because uh, I, I don't know how you guys listen to this thing. You know, we had um, I just a real quick social media update here. We, we've had some mild success, I suppose, over the last couple episodes where people started to notice us and started to pay attention. And it's interesting because uh, I did listen to the, the most recent Mosby episode, episode 20, and that uh, that featured yourself, Mr. Caustics, um, and Cynthia Gibbs, and the uh, the triple threat that is Eli Baran. He can sing, dance, and he can bake. Uh, but this th- that episode, uh, Cynthia asked about what the, the terrible picture picture of me on LinkedIn was about. And I didn't take offense because it was a terrible picture, <laughs> but it was a terrible picture that was attached to the scores of the um, capability model quiz, the mm-hmm. ass- assessment that, that you and you and me and Eli talked about on episode 19. And if, if you're just if this happens to be your first episode, I don't know. Maybe it is. If it is, I, I, I would ask you, I'm not going to encourage you because you do what you want, but I'm going to ask you to go check that one out and you can just track back a couple episodes. That's uh, mosby.ca slash zero one nine for that one. But uh, I attached my assessment results to that. It was a, like a scrolling document on LinkedIn. And, you know, one of the things that I think we do here on this particular podcast is we, we peel back the curtain and we tell you guys what the deal is. Well, what, um, that, that was part of the, the whole thing with that score. Like I, I scored like shit on that, that assessment. And I wanted to share that because other people out there probably feel the same way had they uh, actually completed it. Now, uh, that particular, again, in the spirit of peeling back the curtain, that particular, um, what is that piece of content on social media that got some of the most significant views that I've probably had on LinkedIn in the past two years. Um, and, and th- this is one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm like a small fish in a small pond or a medium fish in a medium. I don't know what the hell I am, but I had about 2,500 views on that one piece of content. So it seemed to have struck a chord with people. And I really think that that's one of those things that, well, Adam, you and I, we did our song and dance about how we, uh, why don't you give like a two second version of, of what our, our song and dance that we did in, uh, in Washington and, and Dallas was. Sure. I, you know, we went through micro learning and we talked about, you know, our steps of, of micro learning and, 
I think this is where it gets very similar is we talked about all our failures along the way. And, uh, you know, everyone is always talking about, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. And, you know, a good majority of our presentation was how <laughs> here's what you shouldn't do because we did it. And here's what we learned across, along the way. And, and so it was a whole presentation about, you know, taking uh, an organization, implementing a micro learning strategy, what we did, what we learned over over the course of almost three years, three and a half years, and I'm yeah. still learning today uh, about it. And so it, the, the same type of cord, though, I think is very similar to what you did in LinkedIn is when we were talking, we would go through each small segment of, you know, communicating how do you communicate out the micro learning like we didn't do it and we talked about how nobody came like we spent time yeah. making stuff nobody showed up nobody watched it nobody even consumed any learning and yeah. i think that really rang a chord and, and it's very similar to your atd thing is you didn't go into the atd post saying hey i did great on this you should check it out you went in there and said i didn't do so good <laughs> I did terrible. Yeah, I did. Just like this photo I took of myself. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that kind of correlated right there. but um, it, Well, it did, you know, yeah. and I was making a silly face. But that's exactly what I wanted to, to, to hear was the fact that in that thing, like, and we got our survey results from both the, um, the ICE conference and yeah. the, uh, the Swizzle conference in, in, uh, in Dallas. The, um, but we got our survey results, and, and there were people that said, I really liked how you shared. And they always said the good, the bad, and the ugly, even though that, that I don't think that was part of our – I don't think that phrase ever came up in there, but um, it, it was true. We shared those things, and I think that that's one of the reasons why we got that. So I, I think uh, that goes to support the idea of authenticity that we have going on out there. And I don't know, even as facilitators and trainers and you know podcast hosts, I think authenticity, that is what we try to bring here. Uh, who I am, uh, who, who I am, I'm, I'm not super polished. I can be if I need to like if I'm having tea with the queen, I will mind my P's and Q's. But regular Dan, this is in fact who you're getting. So, you know, I might be 5% this way or that way just because the microphone's on. But this is really who I am. And that level of authenticity, I think, seems to be uh, people really want that now. I, I don't know why because we, you know, I was thinking back to to shows um, what the like shows like I don't know if you probably remember because we're about the same age. Uh, I'm glad Gibbs isn't on. Yeah, uh, I know for, for this particular because she would be like, "What are you guys talking about?" Talk about all but, of shows. <laughs> but you remember there was a, there was a the TGIF was a thing when oh, I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, Full Thanks. House. I think oh yeah, thing. what was the one? The uh, what was the one it with had oh, that nerdy step. guy? The nerdy kid. Um, well, that was Family Matters. With Family Steve Matters. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you don't? You couldn't think of the name of Steve Urkel? No, I couldn't. Not, not off the top and of my head. You, Just the well, nerdy you certainly kid. don't remember his his ultra suave alter ego, Stefan Urkel. You don't remember him then either. <laughs> no, now I think about the nerd guy, the guy who was failing at everything. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I'm wearing you down. Yeah. Did I do that? <laughs> yeah. No, I remember the guy. Um, so, but, but I was thinking about those shows the other day and I'm like, God, they were terrible because they're so scripted and very like rigid and stiff and everybody, they move to that part of the stage and then they, they hit their mark and they say their line and it's all really awkward, but it's, there's people that are looking for authenticity now. Anyways, I have, I have bloviated for far too long on that fact. No, I, but, I um, think that's actually, you know, surprisingly there's, a, there's a meme going around right now of pictures in front of like different social media right and like it's pretty funny and i can't remember I, I can't remember who it started with but it it's it takes the same picture 
and it's different on like here's your tinder profile and it's you know a little risque your mm. here's your facebook profile and it's you hanging out with friends um and then it has two other ones i forget the the third one but then the fourth one is here's you on linkedin and it's all professional and it's the same person in how they relate <laughs> into social media and you know yeah. especially where you and I kind of play as far as social media goes. I know you're on Instagram now, but you know, LinkedIn, it's all super positive. It's all, you know, here's what I've done and here's my accomplishments. And, and then it's, you know, it's a lot of corporate stuff. And so, yeah. And and there's, there's like tips. There's a few people out there that are, and those are great. I mean, you want to get those sort of things. I mean, it's a professional network, so you want to have things that relate to the profession, but we still want to see that level. I want to see that level of authenticity, you know? And I think that that's something that we can bring as those of us that, that if you're listening to this, that you're a facilitator, like if you are ultra scripted and if you are ultra structured and you, you permanently have a smile on, of course you should be a gracious host, but you're a person. And I really yeah. think that we should bring that into, you know, <laughs> no, no one wants to hear about the drama with your boyfriend, but you know, at least, at least let us know that you're a person and, and feel comfortable in the fact that, um, don't, don't air your dirty laundry. But I think that showing that a little bit would lend credence to the audience of, uh, yeah. of just who you I are. Actually, I actually had a, a conversation with that just recently. And I even kind of took it one step further, right? It's like, you know, tone, There's, it's not right or wrong, but it's preference, right? And, you know, I sure. was explaining to the person, I was like, you know, really from a tone perspective, what we're looking for, be yourself. And then I even took a step mm-hmm. further and said, have fun when you're facilitating mm-hmm. it, at least mm-hmm. in the audiences that, you know, we normally present to is have fun when you're doing it because that'll allow your personality to come through. Because if you're having fun, especially, you know, sales audiences or, you know, we're in finance, mortgage audiences, even on the operation side, a pretty fun group of people. It's not like we're training in our world, like brain surgeons or something like that. And I, I suppose they're fun too, but by having some fun in the classroom, I truly think that helps the learning environment, you know, not cheesy fun, but truly if you're having fun, your participants are probably having fun and everybody's having that tone and it's going to turn out to be a better class. I agree. I agree, man. All right. Uh, so as I wasn't on the podcast last night, it was a really great opportunity to kind of take a step back and, and, uh, listen to, listen to what it was and, and kind of listen to some of the things that come up on there. And I would like to issue at least a five episode ban on HSBC coming up. So, uh, I don't know who we need to notify about this, Adam, but, uh, we're going to just, we're, we're going to close the books on that and we're going to revisit it in March at best. So, <laughs> you know, what's funny though, I, I do have to bring this up. I, uh, I ended up having lunch yesterday with a former colleague of mine from HSBC and Jesus Christ. I, I, I'll, I'll be damned. You know what he said? And this is the honest to God truth. He goes, you know, and we've been out at HSBC. We both got laid off 2009, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, just looking at companies, I just haven't found that home. Just like, you, I mean, you know, you were at HSBC. We were there together. Okay. I haven't taught this well, guy in nine years, um, you know, just by email here and there. And he brought it up. So it's not just, and Gibbs was in a totally different area. So for those of you that are HSBC alumni, I, I feel you on that one. So we'll still talk about it five episodes from now. The, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the Bruce Springsteen song, Glory Days. <laughs> You're Rose not in high school anymore, bro. Yeah, rose-colored <laughs> glasses, right? You know, everyone talks yeah. about it. But but we just actually, well, never mind. But 
I'll stop Thank with the you. HSBC. Thank, you're you're I, welcome. I appreciate that, given that we banned it and we're still talking about it a minute and a half later. <laughs> they were good. They were good. Okay. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah, this is where we took the email out. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. I do want to thank all the other listeners that we do have because there are, like you said, there's two other people out there that are listening to us. So I, I thank, uh, I do thank everybody. And we did. That was one of the things that was interesting about that uh, that piece of content that I put out there. They got so many views yep. where I got to it. There were 24, 2,500 views, give or take. And what was the most interesting thing, and Adam, you and I have been back and forth a little bit about this, is that that got somebody from ATD to listen to that podcast looped in where we talked about the competency model and it wasn't just anybody at ATD it was one of the people that was involved in developing the competency model uh, or the uh, the capability mm -hmm. model sorry so I'm hoping that uh, at one point in time we are going to connect and uh, it sounds like there might be an opportunity for a further discussion that will be recorded and shared with uh, with the Mosby uh, learning audience out there. So I really do hope that that is the case. Yeah, totally flattered that they uh, they found that post oh, and then listened to just, it. And yeah, uh, you know, unexpected. <laughs> it's very unexpected. And, you know, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, you know, you shared that note with me and it's it's definitely flattering. And I'm really excited that they uh, they kind of took a look at it and then want to talk yep. about it more. Yep. I, I do want to talk about that. You know, and it was one of those, I don't want to share the communications that me and, and that person had back and forth, obviously, because that wasn't discussed, but, uh, it was, it sounds like they, again, surprisingly took our words to heart. So there is some, uh, there was a baby in that bathwater and I think that they, they saw it squirming around. <laughs> so, so that was that. All right, man. So we got a couple headlines to a uh, couple headlines to touch on that I thought were interesting. And one of them, you know, there was one. I want to talk about that Quebec one very quickly. Now, as oh, you guys boy. know, I'm in yes. Ontario, mm -hmm. which is just uh, right next door to Quebec. And the article, we're not going to get into depth. And all these articles are going to be posted at Mosby Learning. Uh, no, no, that's not in, that's not correct at all. Uh, Mosby.ca slash zero two one. We'll post all the links for this and this one in particular. Let me see if I can just give you a quick direction where this came from. This came from driving.ca, but the gist was it had to do with Quebec offering online training to drivers and Oftentimes we think of people that are learning driving skills and that they're a teen, they're a 15, 16 year old kid, you know, that's not always the case. Um, that's not, that's not always the case at all because sometimes people come from a different country. They come from, uh, somewhere else, or maybe they've just lived a life where they haven't had to do it, but it brings up the idea that, that training, I don't know, I, I, I guess certain things can be done online. I know you guys talked about the, uh, the Boeing 737 max, uh, flights that they were trying to, uh, just put a bandaid, uh, training program together. Sounding like with just tablet kind of, who knows if it was click next or, or something like that. But, um, here we have something that is training. And I thought that this would actually be a very interesting and appropriate application. If we were to take uh, training that is, you know, it involves a lot of things. A lot of people you say, well, you can do the book learning stuff, but you, until you get in a car, you can't really do it. I think this actually might be a very appropriate uh, opportunity for virtual reality training. Yeah. Well, now, Adam, have you have you experienced VR yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, I think it'd be a great, you know, and so 
one of the ways I learned to drive, well, it's not exactly VR, but I, you know, I learned to drive in driving simulators when I was a kid, Daytona USA, right? You know, that was a big arcade game when I was, you know, sure. growing up. Uh, I used to play that all the time. Cruise in USA, we used to go to the arcades. I mean, I mean so, <laughs> well, it wasn't a tit for tat type of, hey, this is a driving simulator to learn you how to drive. We would utilize those driving games and race all the time so you know i got behind a wheel i I knew how it felt you know i I had an idea granted it's a video game but i had an idea of how to kind of maneuver a car so i can see that well let me ask you though specifically about uh, virtual reality so (laughs) have you experienced virtual reality yes in in a couple different places where you know full headset and everything like that yes any you're able to kind of discuss like what the the setting of the format was it was. Or was it one of those things you don't talk about? <laughs> those are fun ones. Uh, no, I've heard they're out there too. I'm trying to remember where where I experienced it. It was one of the. It wasn't where I was doing much. It was just walking through the world and kind of looking around. Um, okay. Yeah, it was at. Uh, I think it was at, it was one of these like children's museums, like sci- science and. Uh, science and technology museums and you put the headset on and kind of walked around and kind of looked around this kind of world and it was like blocks and whatnot almost like a minecraft type thing and so every which way you looked you would see that you i wasn't doing anything um yeah right down the road from me the reason the reason i ask sorry sorry the reason i ask is because i've only played a couple virtual reality games uh and and one of them was you're on a carnival ride it's a haunted carnival ride and you got to shoot zombie zombie clowns basically um But the thing is, so for the first minute or two of the ride, you're moving very slowly and very linearly. But then as soon as it dips down and it accelerates at the same, like you've been playing at the same sort of like steady pace for about three minutes and then it dips down and you're like, oh my God, I'm sinking into the couch, you know? So I feel as though there are certain pieces that VR allows for that immersive aspect that could fill uh, or could fit the bill of virtual of uh, virtually training drivers if they're not in a position where they can quickly access driving centers or they don't have somebody that can uh, take them Sunday driving or something like that you know and and just because you know you might be I've heard stories of people that learn how to drive with their you know 86 year old grandmother just because she wants to be driven somewhere and you're 16 and have a beginner's license and you know grandma's snoozing in the shotgun seat while you're kind of cruising down the highway or whatever um that that's not to say that that's a valuable learning experience but if you were to do that in a virtual reality setting well you could control all those things and you could still allow for some of the sensory side of it to you know if you got to turn or you got to look i i don't know i just thought it was an interesting connection that well that uh you know that that maybe virtual reality could um really intensify and and make a lot more impactful online training for driver's ed no and i i think i agree and you know one of the things i talk about in the article there is you know black ice and be having inexperience with that and Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so i you know grew up in michigan up there and you know if i took which i did i took driver's ed during the summer I would have no experience on black ice, right? It's just not going to happen until winter came along, you know, four months later, that's when I would have my experience. And at that point I had my driver's license. So, you know, something like that, I, I would never be able to experience nor even think about it, 
how to deal with ice. Uh, and, and quite frankly, actually kind of a funny story. My, my first car was a 71 Chevelle. It does not have analog brakes. It did not. Ha- it was rear wheel drive. <laughs> and so, you know, when I went around a turn, badass, though, I mean. yeah, you know, I, I, I couldn't brake. I had to learn how to counter steer. So it's kind of like the cars movie, right? You got to like steer backwards yeah. to go because you're, you're power right. sliding. And like my friends, they're, they're driving, you know, analog brakes. They got, they got their brakes on and it's like, I had to pump my brakes, you know? And so I'm pumping my brakes <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm counter steering around corners. And, you know, I was so comfortable doing it, but I had to learn that because that wasn't hot in driver's ed. It was my car. So, you know, you could in theory, you could program something like that and say, okay, here's the type of car you have and here's how to do it. I think it's a great place for it. And, you know, you just take it one step further. I guess nobody does anymore, but I learned how to drive a stick the old fashioned way. And oh, so that's the way to go. Oh man. yeah. I love it. You know, burn out the clutch and it smells and everything. And then you're bouncing the car, mm-hmm. but you could learn virtually and figure that out. Yep. Actually, um, I, I wish there were more manual transmission vehicles available. Speaking of learning to drive, a guy that you and I both know who uh, used to work at Caliber, I was talking to him one day. He was, um, he was a divisional manager there, and he was uh, mentioning that he bought his daughter a manual transmission vehicle to learn to drive because you got to have one hand on the wheel and one hand on the gearbox. Yeah. Uh, and you you can't really you can't really text you can't really you know you're you're engaged and it really is a more engaged experience Absolutely. you know you learn more you do and, you know that's that's something that and folks in the learning sphere the more you can engage people in, in a bunch of different ways the more impactful and memorable and the the stickier that content gets yeah and generally you remember it uh you know i was in europe a couple two years ago and we were in amsterdam no big. what's that a little trip to europe no, no, big. no big no big deal we saw the tulips in amsterdam anyway we went to uh an amusement park out there called Eiffling. And so we rented a car and I got a manual transmission. It was cheaper. My wife's like, you haven't drove a manual transmission in 12 years. What are you doing? Does it like, you're going to fail at this. She's like, what the hell? So I get in and I'm like, okay, I got it. I got this, you know, and I'm backing up and I'm like, you know, and then we get on the freeway and I'm like, it's no problem. We're, we're cruising. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. And we're getting off our exit to go to Eiffling and it's uphill. And I'm like, oh, shit. Mm. And there's tons of cars behind us. So I'm like heel toeing mm. it, having a big hard time. Made it up the hill. It was it was really bad. You know, I'm revving the engine high and just kind of plugging it into first gear. Yeah. And get to the park, made the biggest rookie mistake. So we park at the park, you know, in the parking lot. And I forgot, you got to pull a parking brake. I did not. Oh. I just left the car. I just left the car in neutral because I always pop out the car in a neutral, right? Like into neutral when I'm waiting at light. I just left it in neutral the entire day. No parking brake, no nothing. Car did not roll away, but it was not in the exact spot where we found it last time. So, oh jeez, yeah, she was she <laughs> she was not happy. shifted suddenly. Yeah. So, not oh happy. man, yeah. All right. Well, maybe you should have taken some VR driver's ed, man. I probably could have, man. I could have taken it on the plane over. So, all right. Uh, let's, let's jump into the next article here. And this is uh, do your inclusivity, uh, inclusivity initiatives measure up. This article, I I got it. Yeah, and this article is just going to bring letters from Portland next week. And it is just going to be bad. <laughs> I can tell you right off the bat that there's going to be, some, I guess we'll find out. We're going to have to tiptoe around this entire article. So 
Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to put my uh, my softest shoes possible there we on. Go. But this was uh, chieflearningofficer.com. And I don't know why I got, I think this might have, I saw it on Twitter or something like that. Because it's not a fresh article. This is from last July. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up in here, like I said, chieflearningofficer.com is where you can get this. I'm going to include all these notes, mosby.ca uh, slash zero. Two one man, I'll tell you, you take a week off and you can't even remember the damn say, website. Yeah, it was like Mosby Learning. No, it is Mosby.ca. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, Mosby.ca slash zero two one is where you're going to find this. Yeah, this is our uh, 21st episode. I don't know what anniversary that is. It's probably like uh, copper or something, yeah. but. Um, so, so yeah, so this, the article, do your inclusivity initiatives measure up? And it really talks a lot about employee resource groups. Now, I think the challenge, I think there's a couple challenges with employee resource groups. And I think if, if I were to try to tiptoe appropriately around this, um, that one of them is how do you define the groups? And they actually, they, they do talk about that in this article because they, you know, they, well, here's one of the things, uh, well, one of the headers here, the subheaders is one size doesn't fit all women. So the idea is that, uh, if you have an employee resource group that maybe caters to women or, or that's the employee group that it's a resource for that, well, not all women are the same woman or have the same experiences. Uh, which is fine. Yeah, I think I think we'd all agree to that, right? Uh, but that's the problem. When you put a label on something and say, let's support this. Right. Th- and and it, the problem, you, you hear the phrase community used a lot, the blank, you could just say the blank community. Uh, and the problem is, just because it's blank doesn't mean it's a community like so here in canada we have the uh, first nations people that what you know native americans you might call them yes. um you you will not be calling them indians i don't believe well no, actually that's not true no. because some of them i think still want to I, yeah, that's what i, I think yeah but so you can't say that you you know you're not supposed to anymore at least in general well, no i i think that's the point well, eskimo i heard eskimo specifically there's some groups of eskimo even though eskimo by some standards is taboo by others it's not but right. that's exactly the point. Just because everybody is in one, there's a check, there's one particular box that you can check on that form that includes all of them. That doesn't mean a damn thing as far as the groups go. So when you have a dedicated company resource that's part of your L&D initiative that says this is a group for these sort of people. Well, the problem is those sort of people aren't the same person. That doesn't mean they all have the same problems or the same issues. And they do try to address that in this. The, uh, there's some other t- some tips. Go ahead. Did you have some? Yeah, no, they, they, they try to, right? Because they're talking about the one size uh, doesn't fit all women. And like within that group, it's 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 not a it's a how did they say it's not a hom- homogenous group. Right. So it's not just all women. Right. Because there's multi multinational within that group Mm -hmm. or different diversities within that group and that's where a lot of these programs are failing i actually heard the other day somebody brought it up uh, a member on my team and she she was basically talking about it's not just about having the groups it's about embracing all diversity not just saying hey we have a women's group or an african-american group or native american group it should be embracing all different types of diversity and and i think this article starts to get to that a little bit because when you create a group as a whole and that 
by its very nature segments it out well that's that's it you don't you don't make an inclusive environment by making a list right by as soon as you start making a list you exclude people no matter what um and i think the intention is the intention is is i don't know it's it's probably coming from a good place that well we want to give these people a hand up but okay well now the problem is you have to decide which people and they're, they're in this article they're specifically calling out the fact that well, not all people that happen to be in that group need the same help or the same type of help. And when you actually get down to it, it comes down to individuals because you can't formalize you can't formalize groups. That's that's the problem. You can't formalize groups. You can't formalize culture. It just kind of goes where it goes. And these people are who they are. Um, so. To, to say, well, we have an employee, you know, the only one that I can think of that I've heard of that actually I can get behind that makes total sense to me is veterans. Um, and and now, now I wish Gibbs was on for this part because I know she's got a, a soft spot in her heart for vets. Uh, well, anybody that serves, they don't have to be a veteran. They could be active. But because you, you can probably guess, not all the time, but you can probably guess there's going to be a lot of similar uh, similar needs or considerations or, or, you know, well, we know they gave up something. To, to support a country, whatever country they're happen to serve, you know. Um, but otherwise, as soon as you start defining things, the definitions fall apart once you think about them for two seconds. So this, this is a real challenge that I think that um, doesn't want to be acknowledged by those people that, uh, that embrace employee resource groups. So uh, I've had this idea for a while and I, I really do want to do more research because there is a in LD there is a significant push around diversity and inclusivity and one of the I, i've tried to read some articles i've i've got some books here i haven't read them yet i mean i got a lot of books i haven't read i'm 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 very optimistic when it comes to my reading <laughs> list <laughs> just keep ordering them yeah, amazon keep them in business yeah yeah I got a lot of books that are in great condition, but so I have this idea where if you were to take, because because you hear about these our, our uh, DNI initiatives, yep. and a lot of them are you know sharing your experiences, their support groups, they're they're getting together, they're they're sh all that sort of stuff, right? So I I have this idea that what if you were to just do that, for, and but you didn't put the labels on it. You said, hey, if you want to come and sh yeah. hey employees. If you want to come and share an experience in your life, come on. Um, the, what what happens if if instead of we say uh, instead of uh, running a massive initiative that says oh we're just, we're looking for we're looking for intersectional people we're looking for people that are both uh, yeah. uh, LGBT and uh, and Latino um, or or we're looking for this we're looking for that what if we just said hey employees. Yeah. What do you guys need? What are the challenges that you have employees? You know, because you can, when you say employees, that actually is inclusive to everybody. Right. And and I think that the article touches on that just on a surface level. Is it, it talks about fostering fluidity between groups and, and, and saying, you know, rather than operating within these rigid parameters, let people mm -hmm. have multiple points of entry, right? So they can come in and then you can actually have that cross-cultural learning and, and really have open discussions about, you know, backgrounds and biases and, mm. and actually have, you know, the resources available, right? Instead of just saying, well, so that's hey, we, we have one event, 
one time, one time a year. That's great. It's kind of like, kind of like corporate learning week. Hey, we do that for one week. Great. We're changing the culture. It's, it's just not going to happen. It needs to be ongoing, yeah. continuous discussions. And I almost, I dare to say, everybody needs to be included in, in, in the dare part. It. Dare I it. Dare it. But I, I, I do. I, I think that everybody should be part of it. And it, it, and it falls on everybody within that organization. Well, so that that's interesting that you bring that up because that actually I had brought up earlier that there's two specific challenges with employee resources groups. And the other one is that it's it's a opt in silo, basically, where and I've heard stories of employee resource group celebrations where because, you know, yeah, um, I mean, we're with with people that travel the globe, like there's all sorts of people from every part of the world, pretty much everywhere. Right. So if you've got an employee resource group that supports uh, Indians from India, um, there's a good chance that almost everybody that's a part of that group is Indian. So it doesn't share. It doesn't doesn't like engender uh, a lot of actual dialogue. I don't. Yeah. So maybe you see a dance, maybe you hear about a ceremony. What have you learned about India? You know, you can go to you can go to Wikipedia for Christ's sakes and 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 learn that. Like what? But but that just that goes back to to my point where it, it has groups don't have a damn thing to do with it. If you want to learn about India, talk to somebody that's from India. Like actually, just talk to them. You don't have to go to a meeting to do that. You can talk to the people that you work with. So to do that how sort do you of stuff. get people to start that conversation? Right. That that's the challenge. Right. It's. It's not no so much about the group. It, it's the other hey, people. Hey, watch that, this. Yeah. Watch this. Oh, you're from India? Far out. Where are you from? How do I get you to do that, though? Because that's the part I, that's not no, happening. I, I do that. You do that. <laughs> so right? that's not a problem because I'm not a child. And you can just, you can do those things. It's incredible. I know, but, but, but it's creating the awareness that that's okay to ask about that. Or why would it not be okay to ask about that? People don't. So this is the problem. This is the problem. We don't want to actually talk to people about their experiences and we want to try to define oh you're an indian oh okay so what does that mean it's like no just who are they as an individual and then you'll learn about them as a human being and their experiences from where they've been like there's i can't see a single possible thing that's bad about that no i think it's a good and, thing and, but you know you but, can't, but so people like, aren't as curious as you right so people People have their unconscious bias, and they, and then they have those biases. Well, then good. Then, then what's then? Who cares if they're not curious and they don't care? Then why do we want them to ask the question? Then they don't have to. But if they then they don't, can live in their little world. Yeah, but then and it, and then that it kind of perpetuates the problem, right? Because those people would end up wait, being wait, what's the problem? Those people, but then then they're not going to be pay, paying others fairly. They don't. They're promoting. Well, hang on people. a damn second. How, 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 how does me not, okay, let's pretend for a second that I mm-hmm. wasn't as a, uh, a, a genuine human being that's curious about others. <laughs> uh, and I, and I just, I don't care about others and I'm like, mm, I don't care. What does that have to do with how I pay people? It can, I'm not saying it, it does, it can, because it can have, it, you know, if you don't know anything about other cultures, you can have an unconscious bias towards other cultures, other races, other ethnicities, sexual orientations it doesn't matter right if you don't know anything about it and that's you know there's a reason why you know all these actually it was goldman sachs the other day said they will no longer do business with companies that basically have an entire white male um executive board they're not going to fund any more companies they're done with it because it's like the bro culture right like 
the whole point about the diversity is to try to get the conversations going to get rid of that bias to say you know what it's all people and they should all be treated with as employees fairly the fact though is that's not happening at majority of companies across the nation women are paid less african americans are paid way less um I mean, it, it, it's staggering when you look at even like the S&P 500, the, the Dow 500 companies, there is bias. And it's, you know, I'd say it, it's white males. Now, when that you say women are paid less. In general, yes. Now, be, be, because I want to be, because I don't want to speak out of turn about this sort of stuff, I've tried to do some level of homework on this. And the 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 70 cents thing on the dollar. 81.9. W- gender pay gap united states okay so but the thing is that's taking all the all the women that work and it's comparing it to all the men that work so it's not saying that if you hire an instructional well i'll leave you out of it. if i hire an instructional designer that's a woman compared to if i hire an instructional designer that's a man i'm gonna pay the woman 80 cents on the dollar that's not what that means. What that means is that all women in the in the in your well in your country, it's not my country, bro. But um, all the women in your country, if you just look at an average, it no. it might so, bear out to that. So, but, but but what I'm saying is that doesn't mean that women in the same role are paid less. That's what you're I'm saying. saying. The roles are different. Yeah, yeah. Because like, how many how many female ditch diggers do you see? So how many female bricklayers do you see? How many female plumbers do you see? And, and, and they, there's more than there used to be. And they break it down but into those are predominantly but, male. Fields. But that statistic, you need you need to go further, on average, even uh, in nearly every single occupation. So even when you break it down and you say, okay, yes, that's the sum. I get, I get what you're saying, right? There's going to be less of, you know, predominantly male. Like it's probably not. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably not here in Texas. A lot of a lot of uh, women oil riggers, right? Like roughnecks. I just I'm guessing, or you know, I've watched Deadly Sketch. They're not fishing, right? There's big money in that. I think that's fair. It's fair yeah. to say, right? But, probably not going to get a lot of people taking issue with that. But when you look at the earnings ratio on I mean, we'll find out what Portland says about every later, single but. occupation that it's less. I mean, it, it is done. There's no way to, to, to go against that. Well, so hang on. So just so I'm clear there. So what you're saying is, and, and ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is, this is as authentic as it get. We did not plan this. Um, what you're saying is that if you do have a female roughneck, she will be paid less than a male counterpart. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. Yes. What are you basing that on? I'm basing it on uh, Institute for Women's Policy Research and their entire study, um, which will also be in the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not asking you to, to quote it right now, but would you would you be able to send me that? Yeah, I can send you the whole okay. whole article right. that goes through all of their, their statistics terrific. on it. Um, uh, because, well, I, I suppose everything that I have heard has a lot more to do with the self-selection into certain roles. Uh, so one of the things that um, our fearless leader, Justin Trudeau, did when he got into office is he made the cabinet 50% uh, female, uh, which, fine, uh, he, he can do what he wants because he's the prime minister, right? But I, I work in an HR department. Yeah. How many dudes, what's the percentage of dudes do you think are in that? Oh, yeah. No, I, I get it, right? Like, yeah. Well, no, I, but, but this, th- this is the f- 
point, man, that that this that that people self-select into the world that they want to be in. If you look at a preschool, there's not a lot of dudes there. That's just how it is. I, I actually, and it, and it kind of, uh, one of the, the preschools that my son went into, there was a, a, a male teacher in his room and he, he turned, he's a really nice guy, but it's like, what, what, what the hell, what are you doing here? Um, because you don't see it a lot. And oftentimes we see those sort of roles that, uh, that women can self select into because they might want to. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to work at a preschool for God's sakes. It's perfectly honorable work but it's not a high paying job right but if you're an engineer uh something that's maybe more stem where now they're really trying to promote women into that but it's been traditionally what for good bad or otherwise it seems to be one of those things that is a male select into sort of thing that's highly specialized and highly technical that pays more and that i think has one of the more significant factors when it comes to i'm not saying there's not unconscious bias i'm not saying that people if 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 someone comes in and if they try to negotiate for a role if they only want x but somebody else is going to bitch louder and they're going to get x plus 10 that could certainly happen, but that doesn't mean that women, I think, are valued less. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Again, once again, I can't wait to be canceled. Um, <laughs> There's going to be a I lot of know. apologies after this episode. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, but no, I, I would like that article because uh, oftentimes... Um, well, yeah, maybe we'll just trade resources on that. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's enough to get fired. Let's move on to the next article. Which, unless I'm sorry, did you? Did, was there anything else you wanted to jump in on there? I, I don't. I, I think at the premise at the at the very end of the day to just kind of sum up what we're, we're going at. I think we're saying the same thing that the good news. I don't news think is, we are. <laughs> I think we are. I think at the no, maybe not on the pay side. I think we are on how to tackle it and the tackling it is to have more conversations and to understand more people and to be more inclusive in general, but not create groups to be more inclusive and that it needs to be every well, employee. Okay, so the, and the problem is how you define inclusivity. And if you decline, define inclusivity as everybody, then sure. Like I'll talk to whomever happens to me next to me waiting for the elevator or whoever comes. If, if I'm if I'm the guy that's brewing coffee and somebody comes in, that's who I'm going to be talking to for the next 45 seconds. You know, uh, it's not like, ooh. I'm not a fan of people like that. I'm not going to. No, it's whoever is there I'm going to talk to. So uh, I, I don't necessarily uh, believe that that's the right way to fly. But but that's that's the beautiful part of this, ladies and gentlemen. We can all believe what we want to believe, um, even if it's not the thing that I believe. You guys believe whatever the hell you want. Yeah. OK. There we go. Uh, even you, Adam, you believe whatever the hell you want. I do. It's all, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Good only way. You. All right. It is. All right. Uh, yeah, the last one. Okay, so the last article that we wanted to talk about, just for a second here. I don't think this will be a long one. But this is... This is from the hrexchangenetwork.com. And the title... Well, okay, the title is what made me click on it. Learning that targets... Learning that targets millennial and Generation Z workers. Um so we have there's two big things that come up in this article that they discuss and it's really just the article's meant to be a fyi about definitions that you'll probably want to be aware of if you have 
people like millennial and Gen Z in your audience. Um, well, so, so here's another example. I don't mean to be a, a dead horse that's already practically glue, but, um, so, so millennials. So there was this huge push 10 years ago about millennials. Millennials are X, Y, and Z, right? But now we're hearing, oh, well, maybe millennials aren't really X, Y, and Z. There's a couple things that kind of make sense, but all the definitions that they applied that came with that label, a lot of them were just silly bullshit. Uh, and that's the problem with labels. A lot of things are silly bullshit because everybody in a group is not the same. I'm sorry. Okay. Back to this article. There were two big <laughs> definitions that came uh, that came up in here. One of them is micro learning. The other one is machine learning. So this machine learning. So micro learning, we have talked about, um, I don't know, a lot. Yeah. But, you know, Did, as we were talking here, Eli Barant just sent us a, a note. Uh, he asked he us to you, talk a little bit a more. Are about, you checking your email, Adam? I thought we talked about I, this. I, 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 I multitask. But he would like us to talk more about micro learning because he said we don't talk. Oh. He said we don't talk about it now. <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds like him yeah. um <laughs> so we uh well so okay micro learning you get it it's small small little things uh and you guys can check this definition out i'll have it at the, at the in the show notes there mosby.ca i got it right well i do Slash, I, I do want to spend a moment on micro learning though because yeah, you know one of the things that they they just kind of made a broad brush stroke with is that micro learning happens on a mobile device or tablet in most cases I, I tend to disagree with that. I, like, I get it. Mobile you device know, or tablet. Yeah, yeah mobile ahead. device or tablet. When, you know, I look at like a lot of our learners, and, and maybe we're just not technically savvy, but we, we have a lot of people that are using laptops. We have a lot of people that are using desktops. In fact, only about, I think it's less than 5% of thousands upon thousands and thousands of views. Now, now that, you know, because of the company, we're on mobile or uh, a desktop. So I... I wonder on that that in most cases, and quite frankly, you know, I wonder if people learn differently on micro learning, depending upon how you're pushing it of your organization, right? So, you know, when like I do YouTube, I'll do it on a computer a lot of times, even outside of work. Um, so, yeah. how do you? I mean, do you usually you do YouTube videos on your phone? Sometimes. I mean, the, the thing is, like, we both got kids yeah. um, between the two of us. <laughs> I was thinking about that that episode 19 where we talk about that AT company, but tomorrow, um, because between the three of us, I think we had eight kids yeah. or, or so it's like, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of kids. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's more like with with kids, you know, um, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I don't watch a ton of YouTube. I watch a little bit of YouTube, but not yeah. a ton. And it's usually more when I'm trying to do something on my job. So it's going to be at my computer. Um, now, the other thing that. I, OK, so so let's 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 consider the definition of micro learning and uh, let's look at theirs. OK, well, OK, so hey, <clears throat> this pisses me off. <laughs> I told the, you the that's we had to stop here for yeah, a I'm moment. Glad, I'm glad we're spending time. Eli will be happy. He's going to be thrilled. <laughs> OK, so micro learning, the definition. Micro learning is delivered learning in bite sized pieces. It can take many different forms, such as an animation or video. So many different forms, such as 
animation or video. Okay, fine. What about everything else? Yep. What about the job aid that I have pinned to my cube wall? You know yes. what I mean? What about the instructions that come with my blow up mattress that says for the very first time, it was actually, it was, this is great. I, we got a recently got a blow up mattress and uh, the power cord, you cannot plug it in without seeing an important notification that says plug it in, wait a couple hours and then fill it back up more. Huh? You know, so it's it, like micro learning doesn't have to be restricted to a screen. So uh, whatever. Right. And, you know, and, and one of the things that they talk about, though, too, is micro learning is the bridge between formal training and application. I kind of disagree with that because I think micro learning can be used as formal training. Uh, in fact, I think it's a great way to do formal training for the right context. So it depends upon the 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 topic that you're actually doing, but it can be a, a formal training through micro yeah. learning. So yeah, yeah. There was a lot of just brush strokes on this too. on this side. And I, dude, I was gonna totally blow by micro learning because I was like, ah, eh, we've done it. Who cares? Yeah. But uh, no, that's good. Okay. So the other, uh, are we good to move to machine learning? Yeah, no, yeah. Now we can move. Now we can move on. Okay. Yes. Now we're now we're done with it. Uh, <laughs> we're never talking about micro learning again. Till next week. Uh, okay. So machine learning was the other thing that was in here, and so you guys, if if you followed along, if you if you're a Mosby aficionado, you know that the generational speak I don't care for, because uh, again, it has to do with labels, and a lot of them aren't accurate. But the idea that, um. That's what got me to the article. I was I was annoyed at the headline. I'm like, well, let's just see what this is. And then I saw it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So the micro learning thing again. Who cares? But the, but the machine learning piece. This is interesting because this. I've actually uh, there was a job I applied for a while ago where this thing came up in the conversation, but I don't think the term machine learning was used. And I, I feel like this is actually one of those things that if you're hearing it out there, what does it mean? And and I guess we should take this definition with a grain of salt because we just chewed up their uh, micro learning definition a little bit. But um, so for machine learning, the gist that I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do them service and summarize this for you guys is it's uh, it's it's a learning engagement or experience that a uh, learner would take, and depending on how they answer a question, will change the next question that they are prompted. And so if they answer it well, they might be prompted with a slightly harder question, or if they answer it poorly, they, they might be uh, given a, a slightly easier question. So it kind of accommodates the, the learner's demonstrated proficiency uh, and tries to bring them up or tries to meet them and then bring them up, you know. Uh, does that does that seem like a fair, a fair summary there, Adam? That is correct. That's, at least that's what they're talking about in this article. That's right. Yeah. So assuming that what they're talking about is accurate, I, I have heard that described in other places. Yep. And I feel as though that's one of those things that they would have at like massive organizations mm -hmm. that have 30,000 people or, you know, maybe even 10,000 people. I don't know. But that so that that's that takes some that takes some work, that stuff. It definitely does. So I've seen that being used in in uh, psychometric examinations. Right. So. Um, in like DISC, the newer DISC uh, assessments, really? it will actually do okay. machine learning. So hang on, DISC. Tell, tell me about what DISC is just in case we don't know. So personality profile, right? So if if you're answering really close into the middle, so I, in, I'll have to look it up, but it's around like 70 questions is the normal test. It can go up to like 85, 90 questions. And the reason being it can go up is because it, it can adapt based on if you're answering questions that are, you know, you're, you're answering like right in the middle, it'll throw more questions at you to come up with 
its profile. So it's kind of learning what you're answering. So there's a logic behind it that's saying, you know, hey, if you're you're always, yeah, you know, it's like okay, I'm active or I'm not active, and I'm and I'm like I'm kind of in the middle. And then you answer the next question of you know, I'm really fast paced or really slow paced. I'm in the middle. Like it'll keep asking you the question in different ways because you're not giving it an answer, and and so it's adapting based on what you're answering. Interesting. Yeah, that that does sound like in a nutshell. But that sounds like there's a like I mean, DISC as a organization, they're big. Yeah. So and they've yeah. been around for a while. So and and they're in the business of understanding people. And you know, for 140 bucks a pop or whatever, yep. we'll give you your answer. So they they're well funded, I imagine. Yep. Um, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> there's that uh, there's that uh, coronavirus coming yep. through now. Um, what a, man, I shouldn't joke because that is a friggin' mess right now. It is. There's like eight thousand so, okay. people. I was I'll, looking I'll, at I'll, Twitter I'll, earlier. I'll preemptively apologize. Yes. Yeah, but I, no, I think I think um, to your point, it, it has a lot of usage. Um, you know, I I think the machine learning as a whole, you know, for for our types of roles, like what you know what we're doing from the learning side, yeah. probably not as we're not getting into algorithms. We're not getting into that in depth of programming. Um, but I could yeah. see e-learning developers creating some of that stuff where it's learning based on what the learner is doing, right? And it would probably be more from the algorithm perspective, right? If the learner continues doing this, it automatically throws them a different question. Or if they're continuing to answer this way, it's going to steer them into different content because that's in effect machine learning, right? Because it's if you're getting this answer wrong, this answer wrong, this answer wrong, three in a row – the system, you say, okay, that's you might my have your eyes closed, <laughs> right? Yeah, but but my system parameter, right? It's it, the machine's learning that the algorithm that says, hey, you know what? They instead of going on to the next section, they automatically get a refresher part on what they just learned without even knowing. Yeah, within the e-learning, that's that's true. That's the beauty of it. But that's, that's one of those things that's going to take dollars and cents to get there, you know, and, and for the, the small to medium and even the, the smaller, large organizations, that stuff, that's, that's not there yet. I mean, maybe, maybe five years from now that becomes a little more prevalent. Um, and I, I, I see a lot more application for this than I would for something like uh, a lot more general application for something like that than something like virtual reality, you know, or, or augmented reality. Yeah. And you know what? I see a lot of uh, opportunity for application is just micro learning in general. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All Almost exclusively micro learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was uh, that was the articles that we wanted to touch on. Um, yeah, I did have a can training fix and I don't know if we really have time or want to dig into that based on what we have left here. Tell you what, let's take let's take two minutes and talk about uh, talk about it. this can training fix. It. So see. you guys may have heard of uh, may have heard of Megxit, which um, yes. Megan. They're Meghan out. Merkel? Merkel. Merkel. Yeah, they're out. They're gone. Merkel. Okay, so Meghan Markle, the actress Meghan Markle and her her beau, Prince Harry, the Duke and Duchess of Buckingham? No. Sussex. Sussex, yes. Also, who cares? But uh, so in Canada, we still do have a, a fascination with the royals. I, it's, you know, everybody does. But mm, it's 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 mm, not mm, not everybody mm, does no 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> let's not let's yeah. not take that brush no we, 
Not you know, it's really funny because people, there's, oh boy, let's talk about guns for a second if we could, because I think this actually, totally it, it is, there's a direct correlation. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this doesn't have to do with me per se. It's got to do with American gun culture versus Canadian gun culture. Okay. Uh, and it relates to the Royals, if you can imagine this. And I think it really has a lot to do with how each country separated with England. Because you guys said, I'm done with you, get out. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and we waited like another 140 years and said, we're cool, right? Are we good? Are you guys cool if we take this? <laughs> so they're very different approaches. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> um, actually, that's what's written in our constitution, right? The right to bear arms. And that goes back to militia yeah. days and, you know, Revolutionary War. And That's right. Um, yeah, we, we, we were, we were going to fight it for it. And Canada's like, all right, yeah. Well, so that's... Please and thank you, you. Whenever I talk to people up here about it, like, it's, it's, it's actually part of your DNA as a country because you guys had to do that to get rid of British rule. So it's different. It's different than it is up here. So people up here, there is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for my Canadian listeners, a lot of, uh, and I've, I've heard this elsewhere in, in various conversations where there's a there's a looking down our, our Canadian noses at, uh, at some American behaviors and cultures, but I might suggest that's just our bias showing. Um, Anyhow, so so Harry and Meghan, they've they've taken off. They've totally absconded from their royal responsibilities, whatever that might mean. And so here's the thing. Meghan can act. But what does Harry do? And I'm wondering, uh, I, I saw a couple of headlines that said Harry needs a new job. Basically, what's he going to do once he gets here to Canada, once they've scurried off to British Columbia to uh, to save polar bears or whatever it is that they're going to do over there? What sort of job is he going to have? Do, so does he possibly? need reskilling and and is this something that is that has crossed your mind lately Adam I, you know I've been doing a lot of thinking about it you know I take a step further though is is he on a visa like does his visa expire are you guys just taking him in um, you know does he have I, does he get a green card like how does that work from an immigration perspective that's a great question and if I had to guess I think him being part of the royal family might give him carte blanche to do he might be able to become prime minister tomorrow I don't know I, I really I really don't know what this means but Mr. Trudeau better go. look out yeah um, no it sounded like you know I, I haven't read a lot of articles about it but there was an article top uh, that I saw you know just a headline what are they going to do to continue their lavish lifestyle and I'm like just the brand alone, it, it, you know, what was interesting, I did hear a little bit about this, is that they're not able to be called Prince Harry and, I, I guess, it's Princess or what she is. They're not able to use the royal titles anymore, but I'm like, it's still Harry. Like, it, it still happened. What do you mean he can't use the title? Even if he goes on to, you know, the... It's like tonight, a trademark yeah, issue. Yeah, the Tonight Show and says, you, you can't call me Prince Harry. You know, they're going to call him Prince Harry. Like... He's going to be called Prince Harry from now until eternity, but I didn't really understand the title yeah. thing. Um, well, that's what's hilarious about it. They say, we don't want, we were done with our, no, we're going to live a life of poverty. It's like, well, you're not going to because you're always going to be super famous and everybody's going to want to love you and throw yeah. money at you. So you can say to the queen, no, we don't want your, role. you're fine. Shut up. Yeah, Nobody he'll cares. Be, he'll, like, he will be fine. And he just has to write a book, right? Like, so you yeah. should go into reskilling, like write a book or get a ghostwriter. He's got some millions. Go and start public speaking right it's a hundred thousand dollars and he could just talk about nothing yeah. i mean 
it's really easy. You should start a podcast. I mean, the podcast money is sweet, sweet money coming in. <laughs> and, you know, but at the end of the day, I think the guy's going to be fine. I don't think he even needs to be reskilled into anything. I think he needs to just talk All right. and he'll, he'll make tons of money. So training does not need Season to fix time. Mr. Right. Harry. All right. All right. You know what? And this is, this is why we ask this question on this program, because sometimes that's the answer, but other times, like we see today, maybe it's not the answer. Harry's going to be just fine. All right. Thank you for that, yeah. sir. Uh, let's move on then to, so there was a, a couple, couple things that I wanted to touch on here just before we wrap stuff up and we're kind of getting, well, hell we've been long winded since we started, but, uh, we're getting a little long here. I wanted to go back because, man, I was jealous. I was jealous, ladies and gentlemen. I listened back to this conversation about designing for users with certain disabilities. And I was like, I wanted to be a part of that. Um, <laughs> so we're getting into second week. Let's start it over. All right. Let's go back to the background. I know. What but is this it? is just going to be Dan bitching about stuff. All so right. it'll be different. Uh, so, well, what? okay. So I, I heard... Because I it was I put the article in there for uh -huh. God's sakes, and then I want to talk about it. And it wasn't there. So here here's the thing. I saw I saw this article posted on LinkedIn, and I saw somebody in the comments say, "Wow, this is terrific," and it's like it's it's like a list that if we just do all those things, that tells us how we should design. But the problem is that doesn't make sense because this. The each one of these pages, there might be something that you could pull from every single page that you could cobble together and say, OK, this rule works, that rule works, that rule works, that rule works. But it has to do with the audience. Right. And when I heard Gibbs say I didn't even see that page in there, I heard Gibbs say designing for users with anxiety, I thought. What in the hell are we talking about? <laughs> uh, I know every, th this is a thing, put Twitter down, like log out of Twitter for 20 minutes and then maybe you won't have as much anxiety. But if your audience, if the specific, uh, like let's say they're PTSD, uh, tr people that experience P PTSD. Okay, so that is an audience that has anxiety or, yeah. or something that's awful close to it, as far as I can tell. So that might be something where you want to look at this list and say, yes, I need to do all these things, assuming that all these things are uh, are well vetted. They seem well vetted. This seems like a pretty good list. Um, yeah. And again, we'll, we'll include the show notes for a second week in the row. These are these are the only guys that have got this treatment here. So yeah. um I don't know. Maybe they should become a sponsor. But um, but I don't know. That's, that's what I was thinking. And I actually wanted to – it would take too long to do the activity that I wanted to do, uh, again, in the sake of transparency. What I really wanted to do was take this thing and say, okay, if I tried to do everything in here, is it possible? Yes. But I don't think that's the intent. And I don't think that that's what we should try be trying to do because we should try to do a proper audience analysis and find out the things of that audience and tailor the material to them. So yeah, I, I think it's tailored. Thoughts. I no, I, th I think it's tailored, but I, I do know there is definitely not in our world, but there's definitely people that have to take those things into account. Right. Um, they have to design based on the audience i'd assume no yeah, yeah. no just based on their corporate structure um their 
absolutely is e-learning designers i have to take it into it's from multinational companies there's different laws throughout uh, throughout the world of how you design e-learning um the mm, government okay. government makes e-learnings different where you actually have to take that into account so there is definitely people that just have to design that way from a from a compliant perspective. Now, the anxiety one, I agree. I've never heard of that one before, uh, <laughs> and maybe that's just I'm not there. Um, but I was more talking about the low vision, and the there's an ex, another another one. Uh, I think I don't think it's well, that. Well, so that's the one. sort of thing I, I don't really take. I don't really take issue with. Yeah, the because... low, low vision made sense, and then screen readers kind of made sense too. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Uh, from a dyslexia one, yeah. I don't know if you're, you're you're doing that everywhere. So I, I guess I don't know all the rules. Well, with not that. not everywhere, no. Uh, but it is uh, maybe it's like a support resource for people that are dyslexic. So you would do it. And it's funny because I'm taking a course right now. Uh, I am I am in in fact trying to upskill my own self with a. Uh, I'm taking a technical writing course right now, which is pro- I should probably be doing homework for that. But here I am talking uh talking with you sir um but one of the things that we talked about in week one or that i got to read let me tell you about blackboard this piece of garbage application that every <laughs> continuing ed program uses. is another sponsor oh, <laughs> the list gets smaller but uh anyhow uh, one of the things that i read about in week one was uh, designing for the audience and with regards to technical writing and um and I really didn't think that there would be an issue designing like a user guide for men versus a user guide for women. I, uh-huh. I hadn't even considered that as a friggin' issue. But one of the stats that was in the material was that men have uh, color blindness around eight percent. Around eight percent of men have a variety of color blindness. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I think women were around three and a half or four percent. So, but I mean, like, okay, so. If my if my so if my audience is sixty percent men, do, like, they were not. They were really making it, that point. Like that was the point. What's, that was a the point there. Yeah, yeah. Because then you have to design a document based on the audience. And so the whole thing is you got to basically create a user guide by the end of the program, right? And um, and in a very technical way. And it's it, it's been it's been good. It's been really good because as you guys can imagine, I kind of run on the more casual side with my documentation, uh, just like my my i don't know whatever the hell i am but um it, it, it it's been really good so far and it's been educational and it's been helpful to do like task analysis to, to break stuff down but i i had not considered for a second but they, okay so and this is the actual example i think it was the male audience was uh maybe 65 or 70 percent of the audience 30 percent women for whatever the product is that you chose like you there was a prescribed thing because they wanted to make you take that element into account but i'm like okay even if the dudes okay there's 60 percent dudes who have eight uh, percent vision stuff but then there's the the 40 percent ladies that have four per- like you're still okay fine they just make it for why don't we just always design with that in mind unless you have so good to the audience analysis unless it's like 95 percent one or the other well that might influence the decision but yeah I don't know. yeah i think that okay. i i i'm hoping that that whole activity was just to prove a point because if anyone's spending that much time, they're not getting anything done, right? Like, like well, I would love to do that. Technical writing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd love to be able to do that analysis, but like, if you're it's doing a lot that, of formality, yeah, if you're doing sure. that type of analysis of formality, uh, you're probably not in the for-profit world of 
any type of uh, business, yeah. right? Like that that's a true well, academic thing. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily. That's I, I, I hear what you're saying, but if if you're in if you're in the business of creating microwaves, there's probably going to be a user guide you have to make for it. You know? Oh yeah. Ugh. Well, that's just it. Like if you're making products, there has to be documents that go with it. Now the fun part is when you order products on Amazon and they are written by someone in Singapore that doesn't have a great grasp of English. It's like, what are they talking about? Yeah. But but again, it, you figure it out, so you don't really need the guide. I mean, like I, you know, those things I throw out all the time. You get something, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm just like, well, wow, that's you it. though, man. That's you. And I, I'm like that too. Like we're not really. Let's read first. It's like let's push buttons. Yeah. Like what does this thing do? Oh, I broke yeah. it. I mean, did you, you know, did you read? You, I need to order another one. Yeah, you put all that. Yeah. That's actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you read all the instructions for your IKEA furniture step by step? Well, there's not a lot of words in them, so yeah, yeah that's pretty. You easy. just kind of, you just kind of just start rolling with it. You start putting it together. I mean, you made furniture today. Oh no, amazing. man! You know what I have to say? There are well, we'll talk about IKEA another day, but they do they do a nice job with regards to some things and other pieces. It's like, come on, come on, what are you guys thinking here? That's yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. Um, now there, I did have a note that I wanted to talk about Microsoft Stream. Let's talk about that another day because I've had my hands on that recently. It's got some really interesting features. And if you're not familiar with Microsoft Stream, because I have met about two people. Never heard and of it. And they happen to have both been in my IT department. Um, they're familiar with it. So Stream is if you have a Microsoft Office 365 license, I think, like the online thing. Mm -hmm. It comes with a bunch of apps and you can just hit the little... Uh, like collection of tiles that says, you know, like all apps. You click it and one of them is this thing called Stream, which is kind of like a Microsoft version of YouTube. Uh, and if it's a corporate account, it's going to be your corporate YouTube. So there's some there's some interesting uh, functions to it that uh, that I'd like to talk about on another day. But um, that was, uh, yeah, it, we, we've talked long enough. Uh, unless you wanted to talk about that, Adam, or was there anything oh. else that you uh, you wanted to touch on, man? I think we're good. Let's talk about that another day because I want to okay. I want to dive in. I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, and, uh, like it is. I think I think it's worth it's worth talking about because in the same way that you and I might throw a user guide out. Um, and I'm not saying there's not a place in the world for user guides. I've always maintained, you know, because for a minute, me and Adam were branded as the micro learning guys, if you can imagine this. And I've always maintained that micro learning is part of a balanced training diet. Like yeah. you need to have things for the people that want the different things. Some people want user guides, some want quick reference yeah. guides, some wants videos. So, like you got to just accommodate as much as you can to get people as as skilled up as as you can get them as quickly yeah. as possible. And as but, long as you uh, make a lot of micro learning videos, it's good. That's right. Well, you certainly can with Microsoft Stream. So we'll talk about that another week, I think. Uh, so I did have a note from Portland that I wanted to touch on Whoa. here. And this uh, this is good. And you can find, ladies and gentlemen, all the show notes that we have at uh, mosby.ca slash 021. If you want to send us an email, it's mosbylearning at gmail.com. And Adam's going to let us know. He's going to blast that out. We'll have a royal proclamation from Harry now that he's looking for a secondary career. Uh, well, I, I hope I get an email from Harry saying, you know what, I need to be trained on something. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Harry's going to be like, you got it. And then, he, you know, and then if anybody knows how to answer that immigration issue, that's been actually keeping me up at night. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! There you go. There you go. So this, this note from Portland, this is interesting because I was, I was wondering. It, it came in kind of like last minute today. Um... 
uh, via owl mail there. But it was it was uh, last minute. I was like, Jesus, because I was off last week. There you go. Like maybe, and if there wasn't a note, I was like, oh, Jesus, well, maybe it's maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the problem. You know what it I mean? It might be. Uh, so, but as we read in this note, I think that might be the case. Uh, good morning, Dan. We came dangerously close to a correction for episode 20 when the team started privilege explaining the idea of self-responsibility. However, the team wisely course corrected on the subject. So you guys somehow pulled it out of the ditch. Um, somebody was saying something they shouldn't have. And, and, and lo and behold, you guys course corrected. So nice, really good job here. It says, okay, so it continues. Uh, as an aside, congratulations on the 20th episode. Uh, everyone in the corrections office agreed that it was your best episode so far. Something about the dynamic with your guests was just on point this time. And I feel like this is actually a shot at me. I, cause there you go. I wasn't you were there. Not I there. feel like they're, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, they're, it's like they're thumbing their nose at me. It, it goes on to say, and in quotes here, electric said one team member and continuing the quote here. It was like they raised an invisible anchor and left port. Now, apparently a guy named Braden said that, who's one of their top correctors, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's the appropriate judge of that oh, sort of thing, dude. but again, he's I feel dude. like... Lunch. This, is, this is some sort of shot at me, though, I feel like. I think it is. Uh, at, anyhow, so congratulations again, and remember to leave that privilege back in port where it belongs. Alright, if you... Are, uh, if you belong on social media and you're trying to find us, Adam, where are we going to find you? It's just my name, Adam Costix, and that's on uh, LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. LinkedIn. Yes, sir. Love it. That's a good way to go. It's a good way to go. I got a few things out there, and of course, I didn't really print my thing with all the stuff. Damn it. Hang on. <laughs> Let me pull this note up real quick because I can't keep track of my handles, you know? So this is, this is yeah, not something that is. It's Dan Talks LD. On uh, Dan Twitter. Dan Talks LND on Twitter. Yes, that's sir. right. It's, and that's LN. N is a Nancy. L Dan Talks LND on Twitter. Dan Talks Training on Instagram. And then you can just find me, Dan Hurt, at uh, on LinkedIn. H I R T. Now, of course, now we've also got a Mosby Learning Twitter handle. And what's what's that Twitter handle? Mosby Learning. Unbelievable. I love Pretty that. Pretty easy. One. And, and, and that's, I was going to ask you why you created an Instagram with a different handle. That, okay, so why did I, as opposed to Dan talks L and D? Yeah, I mean, is there another Dan that's talking L and D? If there is, I want to talk to him. <laughs> I was gonna say we need to have him on the podcast. <laughs> Let's get that guy on here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. That's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so. Oh, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. Because there's Kevin McLeod to thank. Oh my gosh, I would have been, uh, I would have been talked to about that for sure. So yeah, the music you hear uh, is, of course, by uh, Kevin McLeod. You can get his info, his, his songs at Incompetech.com. You know, it's funny. I, I was, uh, I was thinking about a new segment here, and I went on uh, Incompetech.com and I was looking through the categories and then i saw one that said erotica and i was like how's this now <laughs> how's that gonna work I, I clicked on it and ah, he's good at a lot of stuff wow it didn't do anything for me <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen we will talk to you next week bye-bye all right take care I'll do topless, but I'm not, we're not talking about downloads yet. (laughs)